the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Cornerstone Connection with Pastor Gary Hamrick. Real love is calling, listen, truth opens up your eyes. Mercy is waiting for you with every sunrise. If you've ever felt like you're lost among seven and a half billion people on this planet, and how could God possibly care about me? If you've ever thought that, I want you to hear what Jesus is saying in this parable in Luke 15, because Jesus talks about leaving the 99 and going after the one. And what he's communicating to us is that God, like a shepherd, loves us so much and is so concerned about us individually, uniquely, that he will go to the ends of the earth, if necessary, to win us over. This is Cornerstone Connection, the radio ministry of Pastor Gary Hamrick of Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. Pastor Gary is teaching through Psalms. God loves each and every one of us deeply and on an individual level. Pastor Gary tells us today that the love which God has for us is something which is unfathomable to us as humans. We only catch a glimpse of it in our most deep of personal relationships. God didn't send his son to the cross for us all. He sent his son to the cross to die specifically for you. He sent his son to die for each of us on an individual one-on-one spectrum. If you ever find yourself thinking that you are invaluable, remember that your creator gave his life to save you. At the close of Pastor Gary's message today, I'll be sharing with you how you can get a copy of today's broadcast of Cornerstone Connection. Subscribe to the podcast or get in touch with us. But for now, let's join Pastor Gary in Psalms chapter 20 for part one of today's message titled, The Song of a Shepherd. Well, if you'll turn in your Bibles with me to Psalm chapter 23. Psalm 23, we do have Bibles for you if you need a Bible. You can raise your hand, uh, and the ushers, as they come down the aisles, will be happy to hand you a Bible. If you take a Bible from one of our ushers, Psalm 23 is found on page 410 in those church Bibles, page 410, Psalm 23. Today we're going to begin a short series on probably the most famous of all the Psalms in the Bible, Psalm 23. And this chapter is so rich with analogies and spiritual truth that I felt it would be a disservice to the chapter to only spend one Sunday looking at it. And so therefore, we're going to look at it today in the next two weeks. It's going to be a three-part series that I'm entitling The Song of a Shepherd. The Song of a Shepherd. And uh, although we've not officially yet switched... Uh, from the NIV translation to the New King James Version, which I, I mentioned a few weeks ago we will soon be doing because the NIV is out of print now, the 1984 version, which is the better 
uh, version. So therefore, we're going to be soon going to New King James, but not as of yet. Having said that, however, I, I think that the 23rd Psalm being such a classic psalm uh, really can't be appreciated in any other translation except good old King James. And so there's some King James fans there. I heard applaud. And so I'm going to be reading from the new King James, but it is still the King James just without the these and the thous and the THs at the end of words to make it fancy. <laughs> so Psalm 23, I'm going to read all of it, only six verses. Here's the new King James Version. A Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Well, as I mentioned, Psalm 23 is probably the most familiar psalm of all of the psalms that we have in the Bible, and that is due in large part to the fact that many people have heard Psalm 23 at some point in their lives recited typically at a funeral. A funeral is a place where Psalm 23 is often read primarily because of one line in Psalm 23, which talks about, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. So a lot of pastors over the years have used Psalm 23 to minister at a time of a funeral, and it's fine to be read at a funeral. I've read Psalm 23 at a funeral myself on many occasions. Uh, but the fact of the matter is that the valley of the shadow of death really doesn't have anything to do with death, and we'll talk about it when we get further into our study. And the truth is that Psalm 23 is not really about dying. It is not really about death at all. In fact, Psalm 23 is about life. It is about living. We see phrases used in Psalm 23 like, My cup runs over. It talks about how God prepares a banquet table for us. It talks about how goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. It's not about death. This psalm uses words like, God will comfort me, God will guide me, God will lead me, and he will be with me. And the entire 23rd Psalm is written as an analogy. It is an analogy of we being like sheep and the Lord being like a shepherd. And this is how David writes this Psalm. He writes in, the, in these analogous terms that we are like sheep and God is like a shepherd who lovingly, tenderly cares for us all the days of our life. That's what this psalm is about. Now, because David was first a shepherd long before he became a king, he writes this 23rd psalm with firsthand knowledge. He knows a little bit about how to be a shepherd and the conditions and the disposition and the habits of sheep. He is well acquainted with this, and so he writes this 23rd Psalm in this kind of analogous language. We are like sheep, and the Father is like a shepherd who tenderly, lovingly cares for us. And so I think it is safe to assume that most of us, 
have probably not raised sheep. Most of us probably don't have the foggiest idea about the habits and dispositions of sheep because most of us probably have never been a shepherd in our lives and probably never will. So it is good for us to learn from some of the insights that David writes here in Psalm 23 about shepherding and about sheep and about how God is like a shepherd unto us who watches over us as his sheep. Now, Psalm 23 is not the only place in the Bible where this analogy is used of we being like sheep and God being like our shepherd. I'll share a couple of verses with you. Isaiah 53, verse 6, for example, says, We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. The Bible also says in Psalm 79, 13, Then we, your people, the sheep of your pasture, will praise you forever. We also read in 1 Peter 2, 25, Peter says, for you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. We also read examples in the New Testament, Hebrews 13, 20 and 21. May the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, Jesus is, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And then also through the Gospels, Jesus often used these terms about sheep and shepherds. And for example, in John chapter 10, 14 and 15, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. So many places in the Bible, these are just a few examples of how the Bible refers to us like sheep and God is like the shepherd. Now, to be honest with you, it's not the most flattering thing to be referred to as a farm animal. But that's the way the Bible portrays us. Okay, generally speaking, if you refer to someone as a farm animal, you're you're not admiring them. If you refer to somebody as a pig or a horse or a cow or a chicken, you know, if you refer to people like that, you're not admiring them. Those are often disparaging things that we say about people. Not encouraging you to do it. I'm just saying that farm animals are typically disparaging references. And so I just want us all to understand that when it comes to the Bible referring to us as sheep, it's also not very flattering. But God is not intending to insult us. God is intending to instruct us. And the instruction related to us like sheep is something that we can learn to help us understand ourselves a little bit more and who God is in relation to who we are. So the first thing that I want to do is spend a little bit of time understanding sheep. Because again, I don't think hardly any of us, maybe there are a couple in the congregation because Loudoun County still is a little rural. I think most of us don't have the foggiest idea about sheep. And the fact is, you will not be able to understand or appreciate Psalm 23 unless you first understand a few things about sheep. So we're going to talk about sheep first before we even dive into Psalm 23. And again, this is going to be a three-week series. So after I get through describing a little bit about sheep, and we'll learn even more as we go through the verses, today we're only going to get through the first couple of verses as well. But... Here you are, friends. (laughs) Sheep. Four things first I want you to understand about sheep. For those of you who are taking notes, first thing is 
They are senseless. <laughs> I'm trying to be charitable, friends. Let's just be honest, okay? They're dumb. That's what I'm trying to say in a nice way. Sheep are dumb animals. They get lost very easily. And sheep are one of the few animals that have no internal compass, none whatsoever. They have no internal GPS system. So they get lost easily, and when they get lost, they have no idea where they are. And when they have no idea where they are, they have no idea how to get back to where they were. Okay? Unlike any other animal, you put any other animal, you know, away from home, that animal can find its way back home. Not sheep. Sheep have no clue where they are or how to get home. Sheep even have to be led to water and food. They cannot even find water and food on their own. That's how dumb these creatures are. (laughs) Completely senseless. Now, because they are so senseless, because they are so clueless, when they get away, when they stray from the rest of the flock, they can't find their way back. This is why, and we'll refer to it a little bit later, Jesus teaches that parable about how if you have a hundred sheep and one wanders off, you leave the 99, you go after the one because the one can't find its way back. And then it talks about how the shepherd will then put the sheep around its neck and, you know, carry the sheep back to the fold because it has strayed and it has wandered. Now, if it happens to recognize its surroundings and not wander, sheep travel in herds and flocks and so they they're always together and they they go wherever the other one goes and they don't move unless the other one moves and when one moves they all move and they don't know why they move just somebody starts to move and then they all move (laughs) and to demonstrate that their cluelessness i've shared this story with you before in, in in times past but several years ago usa today ran this story about sheep in turkey 1500 sheep that ran off a cliff And 1,500 sheep ran off a cliff. And it was because they followed one. (laughs) One sheep got to the edge of a cliff and looked over and was like, well, it doesn't look that bad. (laughs) And off the sheep went, and 1,500 sheep went with it. And do you know why? Because they missed the (laughs) U-turn. All right, friends, think think about it. That's funny. Come on. E-W-E, U-turn. All right, anyway. Now, here's the truth about that story, though. I'm not making this up. 1,500 sheep go over a cliff, but only out of 1,500, only 450 died. Can you figure it out? Think about it. The first 450 plunge to their death, but then the rest fall on top of cotton. Not that bad. Where am I? You're on top of 450 dead friends. So they're senseless creatures, okay? So we have to recognize this. And and you're going to begin to identify yourself a little bit as we read through this. Have you ever been directionless? And you didn't want to stop and ask for directions? Sheep don't have the little clickers on their keychains where they can find their car in a parking lot. You ever been at the mall and you used your clicker to try to find your car? Where in the world did I park? Let me send off the alarm. We're like sheep. Number two, they are defenseless. 
They are absolutely defenseless creatures. Bears have sharp claws. Alligators have sharp jaws. Lions have strength and a roar. Some animals, to defend themselves, can change colors. Some can run fast. Some can go underwater. Sheep can't do any of that. Nada. Ever seen a sheep growl? You never will. If they, if they get cornered because something's about to attack them, what do they do? Uh, that's it. They shiver and bleat. That's all they can do. They've got little tiny hooves and little spindly legs. Their bodies are out of proportion. We'll talk next week about how when they fall down on their backs, they can't get back up. And the other animals in the animal kingdom must look at sheep and think, what a joke. You can't even defend yourselves. You're not ferocious. You have nothing going for you. You're an embarrassment to the rest of the animal kingdom. And as a result, they're extremely vulnerable to predators, namely coyotes and wolves and lions. They're lamb chops waiting to happen. And all they can do when danger comes is they, they huddle together. They huddle together. And therefore, sheepdogs are very effective in corralling sheep because sheep perceive sheepdogs as being predators. And so when the sheepdogs come around them, they all huddle together and then they all herd off together. They're senseless. They're defenseless. Number three, they are fearful. And dare I say downright neurotic creatures. They are very easily frightened. Uh, one of the reasons is because they have exceptional hearing. And because they have exceptional hearing, they, they're jittery all the time. And so if they hear anything, they think, they think it's you know, a predator or something disturbing. And so they're always constantly afraid because of their heightened hearing makes them uh, extremely jittery. They have excellent peripheral vision. If you'll notice, a, a sheep, they basically have eyes almost on the side of their heads. But they have terrible depth perception going forward. So they can see with peripheral vision, but because they have poor depth perception, they're always afraid of what's in front of them. So that also contributes to their fearfulness. In addition, I don't know how they've discovered this, but I'm sure there are methods and means. Uh, sheep can distinguish colors. And they are extremely frightful of unusual colors, particularly yellow. And so if you approach a sheep wearing bright yellow, uh, they will run because they are afraid of bright colors. What's interesting as a sign of their fearfulness is if you ever look at the tracks that sheep leave in the dirt, it's always a zigzag path. Sheep never walk in a straight line. The reason is because they are constantly looking over their shoulder because they're afraid of what, of what is behind them. So they always walk in a zigzag line, never in a straight line. They're fearful creatures. And then number four, uh, they are dirty creatures. I know, you know, the Serta mattress commercials have those nice, white, woolly little lambs. And, you know, not so in real life, okay? Sheep are typically dirty animals. They're stinky, dirty animals. And the reason is because their body continually secretes an oil called lanolin. Lanolin is used in salves and ointments that, that we use. And, uh, but as a result of them constantly secreting lanolin, their wool is constantly coated in oil, and that becomes a magnet for everything. Everything sticks to their wool. Uh, debris, sticks, uh, feces, urine, blood. Everything that a sheep comes in contact with ends up 
stuck to their wool. They are like walking Velcro. Sheep are. But as a result, they, they are pretty dirty animals. Now, with all of that as a backdrop, and we'll learn more things about sheep as we make our way through the 23rd Psalm, but with all of that as a backdrop, uh, let's take a look at the first couple of verses uh, this morning in this series, again, that I've entitled The Song of a Shepherd. The Song of a Shepherd. And as we look here at the first part of verse 1, uh, David writes this, The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Underline the pronoun my, or highlight it in your Bibles. Please note that the Lord is not just a shepherd, or just one of many shepherds. David says the Lord is my shepherd. This is possessive. This expresses a personal relationship with the shepherd. That we belong to God and that he belongs to us. In the same kind of way that David's son Solomon would write in Solomon 6, Song of Solomon 6, verse 3, I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine. David writes, the Lord is my shepherd. He personalizes this. God takes a personal interest in you. Did you know that? God takes a personal interest in you. The parable that I alluded to earlier in Luke 15, Jesus teaches, you don't need to turn, but I'll read it, just a few verses. And again, he uses this, this language about we being like sheep, and he's like the great shepherd. And in Luke 15, 3, Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. And then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Let me tell you why that's an important parable. Because if you've ever felt like you're just a number with God, if you've ever felt like you're lost among seven and a half billion people on this planet, and how could God possibly care about me? If you've ever thought that, I want you to hear what Jesus is saying in this parable in Luke 15, because Jesus talks about leaving the 99 and going after the one. And what he's communicating to us is that God, like a shepherd, loves us so much and is so concerned about us individually, uniquely, that he will go to the ends of the earth if necessary to win us over. That he loves us and he knows us and he knit us together in our mother's womb. And he knows us by name and every hair on our head. And God is infinitely and intimately acquainted with you. And because of that, David says, the Lord is my shepherd. I want you to see God as your personal shepherd. He is a personal God who loves you and cares about you. That's why in Psalm 100, verse 3, it says, Know that the Lord is God, it is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. And so we are uniquely loved by God, and He lovingly cares for us. And therefore, David says, the Lord is my shepherd. Do you know God that way? Mahatma Gandhi once said that God is that indefinable something that we all feel but which we cannot know. Gandhi was wrong. God is knowable, he is personable, and like a good shepherd, he loves you and will take care of you. That is our father. That is our shepherd. 
And the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is your shepherd. He is a personal God. Each psalm we read is intended to point us to one thing, the sovereignty of our Creator. Through pain, tears, joy, and praise, we meet a new characteristic of God with each new chapter. Though we don't know the melodies that accompany this collection of old, we benefit from the deeply passionate and poetic words. We hope your soul has been touched by the teaching you heard today on Cornerstone Connection. Pastor Gary Hamrick will return soon with more from this Old Testament book. But in the meantime, you'll be able to find additional messages at cornerstoneconnection.cc. We'd like to encourage you to download our mobile app while you're there so you can stay connected to God's Word wherever you happen to be. Each day can be made brighter by the love and power of our Lord. And it's so convenient to have it right at your fingertips. If you live in or are visiting the Leesburg area, We'd love for you to come be a part of our weekly worship services on Sundays. Cornerstone Chapel meets at 8.30, 10, and 11.45 a.m. each week. Or try our Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. For directions and more information, visit cornerstoneconnection.cc. That's all for today, but be sure to join us next time for another in-depth look at the Psalms right here on Cornerstone Connection. They say you're that you've got no place to go, but still you know, you're not alone. Real love is calling, listen, truth opens up your eyes. Mercy is waiting for you with every sunrise. Hope is enough, ocean, jump in and you'll find the call. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.